0: Hello and welcome to the Johnny Boz Podcast. I'm here uh, with my wonderful guest, Nick from Corridor Digital.
1: Nick, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, oh man, you have a live studio audience?
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Uh, they all paid, too. It's a ticketed event, so.
1: Wow, I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, man, we're making Production money. Um, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, so. Well, it, it's, a, it's an honor to be here, man. With with the famous Johnny Boz, of the Johnny Baez Awards, <laughs> of course, so,
0: of course, it's great to have I, you. I, it's like you, a dream, honestly. right? I, I don't know if you saw the in the inbox, um, but you hadn't signed the the NDA and everything
1: yet. No, no, I haven't. I, I like There's... to sign those those uh, later.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Deadline's coming up. Um. So, anyways, yeah. um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyways <laughs> all right so so nick welcome to the show great to have you thanks for thanks for doing this man uh, i'm excited to, to pick your brain on all things you know making videos creativity uh maybe movies um Ooh, and uh movie. and yeah man so i kind of wanted to just start uh kind of going through your your story um so the first time i kind of like heard about you was uh the the og vlogs uh the corridor vlogs in 2016 um when you and carmichael started kind of becoming characters that were uh on the channel as well as um kind of turning everybody in the studio into a character um which was awesome and I, i can't wait to get into that but um then i remember the first time i ever like saw you on the channel uh was you had helped them shoot uh the the minecraft video uh the last minecart i believe and so yeah i remember seeing you there without a beard but you know holding a 7d and a shoulder rig um so uh, let's uh let's start with that like how did uh how did that kind of come come to be
1: well i mean that was well shoot that was 2010 maybe 2011 late 2010 And I was at film school in Ventura, and I'd met Sam and Nico through Brett, I believe, Uh, and then through him, Clint, and, you know, would visit Hunter Street, where we work now, but they were all living there. Actually, where Brandon works now, uh, Stress Zero, has the kind of old Freddie Wong offices, and like Brett was staying in the back rooms there. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I kind of met Sam and Nico a couple times just casually through that, and then um they'd started making you know uh modern warfare and they dropped that i think like a month prior to uh nico posting like a facebook post saying you know hey uh anyone have a camera we can use and i just bought a 7d that was used so i was like all stoked on my first dslr so yeah i was like yeah i do so that was the first thing i ever shot with those guys and yeah, it just it was a very successful video, you could say. It went yeah. Super viral. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was at film school, uh, I think my first or second year of film school at that point out of three. Um and so, you know, I was kind of busy with that about an hour north of here in Ventura, north of LA, that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I helped them with a couple other videos over those years. And then once film school ended and after Corridor had started actually picking up steam as like a, a real production company, making videos for a couple of years now, I started coming in to help again more. And that turned into more part-time work then contract work and then the vlogs. And then that became full-time and then yeah. it kept evolving. It, it's, it's just kind of evolved naturally uh, since 2011. So it's been pretty cool.
0: That's awesome man that's super cool um so I'm curious uh, you know when you started kind of working with them you were in film school um, had that been something that you would kind of always wanted to get into um, did you love movies as a kid like how'd you kind of uh, find that that interest
1: sure yeah I mean no I since I can really remember I think I've wanted to make movies um, I was really fortunate. To have a father uh, and a mother that were both artists, Uh, but specifically my dad was in the film industry, as you probably know from watching Corridor, because we've talked about it a couple of times with the mummy memes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, he was working at ILM as as an art director and a concept illustrator. Uh, for many years, most of my childhood. So I kind of grew up in that world, being able to, you know, visit him and see all this cool, this cool stuff, like he's drawing ships and mummies and, you know, knights and stuff for living. I'm like, well, this is cool. Movies, that's pretty fun. You yeah. get to use your imagination and just, you know, I was always pretty imaginative. So yeah, I mean, I I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I've been very grateful for that, because not, not everyone has that. So very least if you know what you you want to do it makes things a little bit easier uh just in terms of like planning your life you know yeah so absolutely
0: yeah nice man that that's awesome and i can imagine that um your parents were supportive of of this new interest too totally
1: yeah I i mean i think they were very supportive um they definitely were very supportive i mean uh you know i didn't really go into like drawing and stuff which is my dad's forte but he always i think had a storytelling or has a storytelling sensibility and he's always talked about making films and stuff So i think you know um he enjoyed helping me out with that stuff and kind of talking to me and guiding me honestly a lot about yeah. like you know shots and like how to how to shoot and how to cut stuff together. Like, you know, he used to sit there and help me edit before I knew how, you know, when I was a little kid, like eight to 10 years old, I was like, I don't know how to do this. So yeah, it was really fun. It was good bonding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That That's great. And because, um, I brought up the supportive thing because I also had parents that were totally just like, yeah, go for it. You know, do, do what you want. And, uh, and, but you still have to go to college, but go ahead. And, um, And yeah, I know that can be kind of a big, uh, a big hurdle for some people that kind of come up with the expectation that they need to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something like an accountant, something stable and like well-established.
1: Yes, totally, man. It's, I'm very fortunate. I mean, and as you are too, and anyone whose parents, you know, are supportive of them, it's it's not always like that for most people. Um, And (laughs) You know, the amount of people who have had to fight that, uh, including like my mom, you know, in some sense, had to kind of, you know, go and forge her own way in the arts. And none of her family really was, you know, came from that world. So where's my dad's family is all kind of artists going back generations. So it's just kind of this funny, like melding. I, I joke around a lot saying like a lot of people like you were saying. Uh, their parents are like, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer, and like my parents were like, you have to be in the art or else you're shunned. you're disowned. If you, go to, you know, you can't be in real estate; right. that wouldn't be proper. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm following in the family footsteps for sure, yeah. uh, or trying to, trying to. I love it, but it's definitely like- you, there's been no YouTubers in the family yet.
0: Yeah. So. Okay yeah it's, it's like you can't you can't go hang out with your friends until you finish that short film edit
1: seriously yeah you better finish it up man
0: get the color correction <laughs> that, that music is still temp music um yeah well that that's awesome man so so you're working at corridor it's starting to become more of a consistent thing for you um was there like an initial uh an initial pitch or meeting for once you guys started doing those vlogs in 2016?
1: I guess so. I probably wasn't there for it though. So it was, yeah, 2015 ish, I think. So I've been out of school for like a year and a half, um, freelancing, doing, you know, shooting stuff and editing stuff for a while. And it was up and down. And then I get a call from Nico, and he's like, Hey, we need an editor for the Snapchat series. Oh, okay. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And dude, it was like AT&T money, like actual, like real money. I wasn't having to haggle for a rate. They, the rate was like, oh, whoa, that's, that's real money for the first time in my life, it was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm being paid a fair wage. So that job uh, lasted, you know, a number of months, probably like half a year. Uh, It was called Snapper Hero, Mm -hmm. and it was a super janky, uh, like technically janky, that is a Snapchat series that was not an official Snapchat series. It was a series that was being produced by Mm AT&T on the side without Snapchat's permission. And the way they wanted to do it was to be able to, you know, use a jailbroken, essentially version of Snapchat where you could upload edited videos, right? Because at the time, you were only allowed to do it from your camera. Right. Um, Right. So we did that. And one of my jobs, not only editing the thing, which is like editing Snapchats, right? Because they they were shooting this thing like a proper production. They had a whole crew. They're just filming vertically with a phone. Right. And, you know, they had all these influencers and stuff. Anaconda, Just Rain, uh, you know, I forget, Sean Duras was in there. Yep. And uh, it was really fun, actually. Sean was in the office every day oh, nice. uh, doing all the doodling. So him and I were working very closely together. He would sit there with, like, his uh, his stylus <laughs> and do the doodles right into into Premiere. Yeah. And we'd overlay that stuff on top. So that was, that was pretty fun. But That's awesome. Uh, that was my first, like, more full-time job that allowed me to move down to LA. Because mm-hmm. after a okay. couple of months, dude, of, of driving to Ventura. Yeah. And back, it's like an hour and a half to two hours each way of traffic. It just crushes your soul. So I'm like, I need to find <laughs> yeah. an apartment in LA now. So 2015, I believe, is when I, I moved down to LA. And then, you know, the rest after that, it was, um, you know, it was a Snapchat series. It was, uh, we did The Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was brought on to help edit and kind of uh, fix some jank in, I guess, a previous version of The Division uh and there were some reshoots that we had to do so we we shot some like you know pickup shots in the studio and then edited that so it was kind of a little creative endeavor to kind of patch up that project which turned out really freaking sweet i mean by no no addition of my own i mean it was cool before but uh i think we we were able to put a nice bow on it and so that was my second kind of like contracting job with corridor that was pretty (laughs) much full-time And, you know, in between all that, I was doing costume work and all this stuff, making stuff. And that's what you see in the vlogs a lot is in 2015, 16, Carmichael was there and he'd started, you know, um, making these little vlogs. And i had been brought on to make these behind the scenes videos adjacent to that. Okay. Because uh, every time a quarter video came out, like the Where's Waldo thing or whatever was going on at that time, uh, Wizards, the, the fireworks one, I think. Yeah. Um, we were doing a lot of 360 stuff then. Mm-hmm. Um, I was making these behind the scenes videos. And there was a certain point where Nico was just like, let's not do behind the scenes videos anymore. Let's just do these vlogs. Mm-hmm. And Carmichael was really stoked about that too, because blogs were just popping off at the time. Yeah. So it, it was really Carmichael's you know inspiration i think that led to the vlogs being how they were at least in that that first year where they're very raw and like just fast and and gritty and we still to this day like kind of look at that like as a shining example of how you don't need high production value Mm. to make something that's really entertaining and like really uh interesting and compelling totally so um it's kind of coming full circle actually with quarter crew back to that but we can get to that later um yeah but yeah man so that was you know at a certain point though every other day thing obviously you get style creep right and that happens to every youtuber ever every filmmaker hopefully you're getting better and better right as you make so we started doing more elaborate vlogs and blah 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 and then in 2017 I started editing them with him and shooting them. So we'd, we'd each switch off, you know, it was every other day. So we had like four days to make a video. Yeah. Um, and then I got really into chill hot music and then introduced yeah. that to the blog. And that yeah. kind of became like the soundtrack um, of, of those years from like 2017 to like 21 was kind of like a more highly edited, like we kind of kept... Going up and up in our production value, and really editing and doing AB stories, and then stopping the AB stories and going into just A stories that were very central and focused. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this show uh, React popped off, and that kind of changed everything again. So yeah. that was another another metamorphosis of Quarter Crew.
0: So a quick note about Snapper Hero. Um, turns out that was actually our first collab um, because I was in there as uh, I was credited as Troll Kid. Oh yeah, dude. So I was like, Sam was like, okay, just put a bunch of like chips all over your stomach and like look really tired and like Yeah. So that was that was fun. I
1: remember that cameo. Yes.
0: Yeah, good good times, man.
1: Um man, you know, I there's actually not a there's not a record of that show. I think it's been wiped from the internet. I know. There's a couple episodes <laughs> up on YouTube. I think there's like three, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then I found a couple, a couple of like work in progress episodes on an old hard drive. Oh, nice. uh, like actually, earlier this year, I was just like, "Whoa, this is a blast from the past." Yeah. That, there's a funny story about that, which is back to the, the whole AT and T or Snapchat thing. Mm-hmm. We're using a jailbroken app and they found out around episode three okay they were doing this and they they canceled the they like shut it down they, oh, okay. they, uh, I, I forget what they did but they like literally disabled the phone or something so we couldn't do that anymore so so every episode consisted of like what like 50 different snapchats strung together right to tell a story um and we couldn't upload them as one anymore so i had to get an ipad in a dark room and film it off the ipad and time it manually for each one
0: goodness dude and this took
1: so long dude and the thing is like (laughs) there's a fairly big audience for this because they've been marketing it so i would not be able to fuck up because People were watching them faster than I could upload. <laughs> you know, so like the first like couple right. thousand people who saw it would have to like wait for me to keep uploading. Yeah. and that obviously leads to audience drop off. So it's like yeah. I need to do this as fast as and smooth as possible, so there's not a, you know a huge delay here. Mm. Um, but we we got very good at that. So yeah. That was so annoying.
0: What a what a process. Dude, I, I remember I was on the bus on the way home from school, like refreshing Snapchat to try and get the new snap from yeah, the episode. <laughs>
1: it probably looked so freaking janky, dude, because not only was the picture uh, a video of an iPad screen, <laughs> it was also the audio from it. Like we right. had a speaker going. It was right. so jank, dude. So yeah. not it was like all this work, all this work, and ATT's like yeah, just figure it out. Just and we're like, well, we can film the screen. I guess <laughs> you guys making. Why would you make that on <laughs> a platform that you can't upload to? Right, right. Oh, my God. And oh man, dude, you wonder where the money comes from, you know? <laughs> <sighs>
0: That's oh, crazy man, what a story. Was there a certain point where you were like, okay, I am like an employee of Corridor now. Like, I this is this is my workplace and. Did did that ever kind of cement itself for you?
1: Uh, I mean, it was kind of a gradual thing. I mean, it always felt like a bit of like a home base. It was kind of the home base in LA because it was like, that was the first destination I visited basically when I'd go down to LA to visit Brett and Clint, um, you know, and hang out with those guys. So it's like, it was a familiar area. And like, actually the first time I ever went down there was for my friend, Andrew, Andrew Kadikian's uh, documentary. He was making a documentary about YouTubers and that was his camera guy filming it for him. Oh, cool. So we went to interview Freddie, who is living where we work now, where our studio is uh, upstairs in the loft in San Nico. were there just, you know, on their computers. So that's yep. the first time I met all three of them. Nice. Um, and that was probably, that was probably like a year before um, before we did the Minecraft video. It, it, it was a good while before, so
0: yeah. In high school, the vlogs were like my TV show. You know, it would be like, "Oh, did they upload yet?" Oh my oh. gosh, I gotta I gotta get home from work, or I can't wait until I can like go watch that next that that next video. Um, which I don't know. It's just a very uh, difficult thing to do to like makes people invested in something and make people pay attention to something especially when there's a billion other YouTubers and there's all these streaming services and everything Um, I mean I remember you guys made a story out of like uh, you couldn't find any gummy worms and Ren got mad and like went to the store bought a bunch of gummy worms and gave everyone gummy worms and I remember being like hell yeah he got those gummy worms like
1: yeah it was just yeah no I mean it was that was, we had a very small audience, but it definitely felt like we were getting to take people along on some adventures or, you know, uh, it was really fun making things for the audience we knew and, and appreciated. And we knew would appreciate what we were, the stories we were telling as well. So, you know, it was, it was definitely like a feedback loop, um, in terms of our awareness of what the audience wanted and kind of I don't know, like it, it was very rewarding, even though we we're only getting like 50K views probably <laughs> on the blog, yeah. um, barely passing 100K views mm. after a couple of years, I think, you know, it wasn't until the the React show really broke into a bigger audience that we started getting views in the couple hundreds of thousands. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from like some videos, like we had the like GoPro series, like yeah. putting GoPros on stuff, <laughs> yeah. those videos... Yeah would break out and get go viral legitimately Mm -hmm. um so there were some obviously it was always the goal to to do that but you know we had a and b stories and there was a lot going on so (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I don't know if it was like the widest reaching stuff yeah
0: yeah but you certainly you certainly built a cult following that's for sure um yeah that's awesome and so so i'm curious about um those those early days of the vlog um because you guys are making these stories and it's it's pretty informal very raw as you said um and it's not necessarily tied to like a main channel video right like these are these are their own thing um and i distinctly remember towards one of the it was early on you were like the scenes are behind and we need to catch up and so like could you talk a little bit about um kind of some of the struggles you you experienced uh, creating those videos in those early days?
1: Um, I mean, I think the struggle would just mostly be come down to time. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was not very hard to find content to shoot. As long as you were looking for them and like adding a bit of craftsmanship, I think it was pretty easy to find stories that were going all along, uh, or sorry, going on all around you um we were never wanting for stories because you know there wasn't many people it was like six people but um there was always something going on you know whether it was jake producing or sam or nico you know doing their various projects ren was always obviously like the main character kind of (laughs) of the vlog so he you can point a camera at ren doing anything and he'll ham it up and you know start giving (laughs) you good stuff you know so a heightened version of reality um so that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was then just finding time to edit it all. And also just being always, you know, if something was going on, you have to get up and edit and shoot it. So, you know, and eventually Carmichael and I found like, you know, I would be able to shoot while he was editing the next day's thing and okay. then vice versa. So it was like, I could, right. we could each spend all day. And then we started kind of like shooting for each other's scenes if we had to, to make it work. And honestly, the more people and the more um, kind of like, delegation went on in corridor as the team grew, the vlogs honestly have become a lot harder to produce in that Mm -hmm. style. Um, So yeah, it's really weird. Like that, that period of the first like three or four years of vlogs were like, the team was just big enough and the studio was all in one place, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was very easy to kind of document and be aware of what was going on. Whereas now with corridor to make a vlog like that, It's just, it's not the way that company is structured and the way that teams work. Mm. There's no room for that really anymore because it's, as anything, as you get more people, you can't just be loosey-goosey about it, you know? Right, right, right. It's it's just been an interest. And it's, nothing changed like that. It was a very Mm. gradual change and change needs to happen. And that's why I think Quarters survived is because... Mm we've always adapted with whatever the natural adaptation is at the time. Yeah. And we're, we're doing that still like the last, you know, week, uh, last week, honestly, we just spent strategizing about what are we going to change and what are we going to you know do next year? That's different. So, yeah. So yeah, the hardest part about the vlogs was the time and, you know, just making sure you didn't put too much effort into something and it puts you behind because we wanted to be, upholding of our promise of every other day to people, you know, yeah. so. Um, That's, yeah. The, the, yeah, But that, it, it was a fun challenge. There were some late nights, though. You know, there were some yeah. sweaty nights where it was like, oh man, I gotta take a shower. I've been here for a couple of days now. Some I remember Alicia came in one time to, <laughs> Alicia came in one time to pick up uh, Carmichael. Yeah. And like, I'd been there for like, probably a, a day and a half just like, <laughs> uh, editing some big video. Yeah. Like a GoPro video, I think. And like, I I, I swear she could physically smell me. Like, you know, like, if you can smell yourself, bro, you know it's bad. Yeah, right. I know it's probably TMI, but it was getting (laughs) sweaty in there for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like, there's one thing I'm really happy about is, like, there's not that many late nights anymore. Like, Mm. we don't push people... We've been able to alleviate that pressure on people, which is like so good for the work-life balance because, you know, it was really weighing on both of us, especially Carmichael.
2: Mm, Yeah.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's me, Johnny Boz, the host of the Johnny Boz Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Um, It was definitely a ton of fun to make. And if you are enjoying it, uh, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review uh, for the show either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I like five stars. I like 10 out of 10. I like certified fresh. I like 100%. I... Kind of crave validation. It's kind of like a drug to me. And uh, if you give that to me, I'll be riding high just a little bit longer. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people, actually, a lot of people have already given uh, this show a bunch of positive reviews, which is cool because I've only released one episode before this one. So, wow! I'm on fire. <laughs> uh, here, let's take a, a look at this review uh, from Stephanie in Florida. Hey, Steph. Uh, Stephanie says, thank you so much for this podcast. It's so important to me. It's more important to me than my husband. I actually divorced him because I realized I didn't love him as much as I love this podcast. Please upload more episodes. I'm dying over here. Wow, Steph. Thank you so much. That's that's so kind. Um, and at the same time, I I just deserve it. Like It It just kind of makes sense um, because I am that good and the show is that good. Um, So yeah, be like Steph, leave me a review and, uh, you know, I'll feel great about it. I love what you were saying about kind of how Corridor has adapted uh, through the years. There's almost like different different eras of Corridor and Corridor crew Um, and that I feel like like you said, it is totally what I see as um, kind of the key to your guys' longevity um, because uh, there's, a, you know, a lot of channels that will keep doing their same thing and there's a peak and then there's a fall. And um, it's it's interesting to kind of see YouTube change over time um, and see what people watch or gravitate to change over time. Um, how totally. did and how, so so how did like that whole React series start um, it was just it was just like a one-off kind of when you when you first made it right
1: yeah well it wasn't meant to be a real series I mean it, it was like a that kind of came with the idea it's like obviously React is a very repeatable format so yeah. if you call anything React you know it's going to be repeatable hopefully yeah um, but what I had no idea about was how popular that was going to be and how many people really want to know about VFX, you know, the magic behind it. So it was kind of a happy accident. We were thinking about moving, like seriously considering moving out of LA corridor. Oh, wow. Um, So that year, I think it was like 20, gosh, what was it, 2018, 17 or 18, Hmm. we'd been doing some company trips and, you know, Jake, Sam, Nico had made us all offers about like, yo, we are going to move the company to one of three cities: the Twin Cities, Austin, Texas, or Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Sam, Nico, and Jake are from the Twin Cities. Um, but you know, none of us liked that idea. It was very far away from the West Coast, very cold. Yeah. So it kind of came down to Oregon or Austin, and then eventually it was down to Austin. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was I was ready to move. I think it would have been a fun chapter, but. We were, we'd done a Portland trip. We went up there, checked it out. It was cool. Um, Very nice place, (laughs) I guess. Um, We did an Austin trip. It was very cool as well. Very rainy. Yeah. Beautiful. And during that trip, we had to get content because we were all going, right? Because it was a company trip. It was an uh, exploratory venture. So everyone needed to be there to be able to take in the city. So one of the videos, you know, was like, man, we should bank a video that we can put out. And it's like, well, we could react to the Sonic trailer and tell people why it's bad (laughs) because that had just gone viral. It was really gross. (laughs) Um, And there was a video we did before, earlier that year, I think, like why uh, muzzle flashes are wrong in movies or something, Mm -hmm. I believe. And that was essentially... Nico and I think Sam sitting down and just pointing at a computer screen and saying, look, this is wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That video got like a million views, like way crazy out of our normal viewership range and into a new audience. And it was awesome. So
0: looking at that, it was like, wait a second.
1: Sonic's bad. And these guys talk about bad effects. Whoa. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's maybe there's something here. So And then you know carmichael carmichael is a very uh creatively passionate and excited person energetic i would say like i'm more like chill and like i'll do something like i'll follow through with it but i'm like very like low-key about it he got really into this thing and was like we should like get a couch and like we started thinking about the set and stuff and we were gonna do it in the minecraft hallway for a while with like that behind him and then carmichael's like no let's actually get him in the studio And we kind of like cleared everything out of the studio and would would film there um, on that small green couch. And yeah, that's how it started. It was really janky. At first, we used like a shotgun mic and it sounds like trash. (laughs) And there's like no illustration, no B-roll, but people just loved that video. And, you know, two weeks later, Nico's like, guys, we got to do more of this because, you know, that's how Nico is. And he was right. It's like, you got to seize. you got to be able to, to, listen to the signs you know mm-hmm. when you're in something like YouTube that is a very uh, <laughs> almost randomized like venture like you're there are patterns there are strategies you can employ but a lot of times it comes down to just this perfect mix of quality content a unique perspective and the algorithm blessing you <laughs> so, yeah. yeah totally. and, and, and a lot that stuff had come together and you know, we were right to keep doing it, I think, because it allowed us to grow into this new version of corridor. Hmm. A, I think, better version of corridor, or at least the one that it just naturally has to grow into. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: totally. That that that's awesome. Um, yeah. It, I I remember just being floored. I was like, wait a minute. These are getting a million views every week. Like, that's crazy that the series totally took off. It was so cool to watch um, from the outside as well um, because it's just fun. Like, it's just fun uh, to see um, people in their field uh, talking about their expertise. Like, I think that's always uh, really captivating.
1: And uh, totally. It's yeah. one of the most powerful formats on YouTube for anyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was just talking to my friend and I was like, you know, I really just love conversations. Like I just love talking to people. And that is like you guys definitely capture a little bit of that in that series. It's just talking about the creative process, about visual effects, about the struggles of, of time crunches and everything. And yeah, it's just like a very human thing to just share information, you know, at, at its at its core, I, I suppose. Um
1: totally, man it's, it's very rewarding to make that show and like for four years to know that we've been able to make so much content. It's like, you could sit down and basically get a, a, a very basic level education in not like, not only visual effects, but kind of filmmaking and like storytelling, I think, you know, and hopefully feel like you're just hanging out with your friends while, while you do it. So yeah, that's super rewarding for me. Um, even, you know, I never imagined I'd be doing YouTube and doing kind of edutainment content, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, even though it's not like a feature film, it's like just as many people are seeing it and they're learning more from it and taking something valuable and, and probably inspiration, which is crazy. It, it's So yeah, that's something I'm so grateful for. Like uh, <laughs> it's really cool and it's awesome. We can still do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Absolutely. And there's so much to talk about. It's like, oh my God. There's yeah. so many awesome movies we haven't even touched on yet. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as people keep watching, we'll keep we'll keep nerding out about it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So what is like your your main role uh, with with that series? Are you the editor? Do you shoot them? Etc.
1: <laughs> so my my official title at Corridor is showrunner of the Corridor Crew Channel. Okay. Now what that really means is uh, Kind of producer, kind of director, kind of shooter, and kind of editor. Okay. Um, it's a very like collaborative uh, environment that we've built, luckily. But you know, my my day to day with the React show, there's uh, like there's like a, <laughs> like a hornet. Oh. <laughs> this is so LA. There's an ice cream man that comes by like <laughs> like five PM every night once it's dark. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, dude, no one wants ice cream in winter once it's dark. Come on. (laughs) Not the time. It's uh, more power to
0: him. Um, Good for him. He's he's, he's on that grind.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on the grind. (laughs) And the React grind kind of breaks down to, like, normally I'll shoot the show. I like to be behind the cameras so I can kind of, like, you know, ask questions and direct the guys as they kind of, like, help them get through the scenes and make sure the points are all laid out pretty well. And we've covered uh, each point in depth enough, you know, Uh, a lot of times it's simple stuff. Like, can you define what you just said a bit better? Um, But it's, it's really rewarding to shoot that. And then I give the footage over to chase and chase is an amazing editor. He kind of like is the, he he is the lead editor on that show. Mm -hmm. And we have a team of like two to three other editors who help him, on the react show getting cut downs of the of the footage because it's hours of footage and the biggest challenge with a react edit is honestly like turning all that reaction all that kind of just like word vomit that the guys you know give you um as thought out as it is there's a lot of repetition there's sometimes things that need to be moved around obviously chopped out shortened Mm -hmm. you know it drags a lot they go on tangents like weird tangents all the time sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad so it's a lot of like it's a lot of brain power as an editor just knowing how to pace that out before you even get to illustrating it Mm -hmm. and chase has gotten really really good at being able to arrange that curate what's being talked about And, you know, so hold generally with the editor who's on that episode, if it's not his episode, because we have, you know, three to four being worked on at any given time. He'll, you know, once him or the editor are at a fine cut, we call it a fine cut stage, which is everything's been compressed. The ums, ahs, you know, so's, but's are all cut out. The repetition's cut out. It is, uh, you know, you could close your eyes and it would sound like, you know, pretty thought out and Mm -hmm. it would flow well that's a fine cut. We'll sit down, we'll watch through it, we'll talk about what needs to change, what goes in the website version versus the YouTube version because, you know, we we have basically two episodes for every episode. One is a website version that has a whole bunch of extra stuff, so we have to think about that as well. Hmm. So it's a lot of editing, and then, you know, the last two to three days of the edit in a week-long edit are illustrating it, and that's the thing that has really been, you know, when I say style creep, it's like we've really had a style creep in the the quality of our illustrations. Mm. Uh, the B-roll that Chase and the editors put over is pretty high-quality stuff for for the amount of content they're making every week. So we try to keep that standard and Chase is killing it So and all the editors are.
0: Yeah, um, I-, I was going to say... <clears throat> the 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 production quality of that show also definitely increased over time um like you guys are are rotoing uh movies and like showing you know the the break you guys are like making vfx breakdowns as you talk about them you know it's
1: yeah yeah cool. that that got very easy or a little bit easier at least to do once we started using resolve because you know fusion's right there and you can do all that stuff you can make like 3d or 2d but they look 3d right cards and stuff and yeah. do all that stuff so chase has been really employing that and uh and dean as well and seth who was editing with us um and now we have a couple new guys who are who are learning the ropes and yeah. you know every episode it's like you can see uh, an editor grasp it a little bit better and I remember when I was like getting you know better at editing the videos like BTS videos every time I'd get notes from Nico uh, you know it, that's the best way to learn is to kind of have your stuff torn apart mm. You know, Nico's a very frank person and that's I'm grateful for that because even though it can suck to get harsh notes sometimes mm. um, once you get them You don't forget it you know and that's how you get better so yeah yeah and so editing react at corridor is like a it's like a grindstone it'll sharpen your skills very quickly as an editor
0: yeah man it's like boot camp um totally totally yeah i i i totally agree i have edited a bunch of videos for my job and um i'll get a bunch of notes back and Uh, a lot of the times I'm like, you gotta be kidding me another export. It's like, it's, it's a, you know, 2% change, like, but at the end of the day, like it is just about, um, creating the best end product. And a lot of times, um, it takes multiple perspectives and I feel like, yeah, I've, I've come out the other side of all that frustration being like, oh, like I'm grateful we got it to a point where we were both happy with it. You know,
1: totally. Yeah. I mean, that's with client work it is mostly you know what makes them happy and yeah. you gotta set aside some of your your uh, personal opinion sometimes mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean if you see the audience as the client it's like they've come to expect this quality level so we're yeah. trying to hit it you know but at the same time with youtube there's the question of does it matter you know mm-hmm. yeah because you can have that show react where we spend a week and teams of people and you know it's like me and griffin are spending another week basically doing the thumbnails on that you know yeah. and choosing that's a whole other process that's going on simultaneously all this thought and then you have you know people who just react to youtube videos and don't cut it and yeah. upload it and yeah. it's yeah. like billions of views, or whatever. Yeah. so yeah. you know it, it makes you wonder but at the same time um i don't know someone's got a Someone's gotta put effort into the videos.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited yeah. for the pivot of Corridor to go to uh reacting to TikToks uh, on a green screen and just zero editing. You know, I
1: yeah. Think, no, I think uh, we're actually gonna go fully AI created content.
0: <laughs> just just uh just Sierra Vega reacting
1: the Sierra to, to, all of yes.
0: <laughs> to crazy TikToks. I can't wait.
1: Um That'll be perfect
0: yeah yeah man no that that's that's so true. it's the
1: natural progression of
0: things <laughs> yeah it just makes sense corridor's final form the the ai, you know,
1: AI is, a, is a horrible word on on the internet people people get scared when you say that
0: <laughs> i know i think this video just got flagged where we're now controversial <laughs> um okay so so you are the showrunner um and you're you're shooting your um kind of directing as well um are you editing anything else for corridor or is um the show running kind of your main focus at the moment
1: yeah so there's a couple things that that kind of entails it's like um the show running is like basically it's overall like creative in addition to obviously sam nico jake um and ren are all very involved in the quarter crew channel so like you know the five of us are kind of making these decisions choosing videos like what are the videos we're going to make right like what's the direction of the channel um and then it's up to me once we decide that to get it to make sure that is then delegated and done at quality you know that i i want to keep it at and we all do So it's kind of an overall, like, post-production role, honestly. Mm -hmm. But in that, I also get to direct videos as well. So, you know, each person at Corridor, at least the ones that are on the crew team, you know, like me, Dean, Matt, um, let's see who else. Well, Seth was for a while. Uh, Austin now is doing a lot of stuff. Like, I feel like he's going to be kind of the next one. Daniel, of course, who moved from doing the crew cut show to now helping on the crew channel. Yeah these guys are all like so freaking independently talented. Mm. What we've been trying to do recently for the, you know, the quarter crew videos that aren't the react show, um, is have each of them direct their own ones, you know, on kind of a, a scattered system of an overlapping system. So it's like three weeks to make a video, you know, And, you know, for instance, like the Predator, a thermal camera video that Jake and I just made, that was just me and Jake making our video like we always do. I directed it, I shot it, I worked with him on it, I edited it, brought it fully to completion. And that's that's kind of how it works mostly at quarter. Like that gives everyone kind of autonomy to do their own thing Hmm. and still kind of like be working towards the bigger goal of the channel. Um, so that's something obviously I don't do as many of those because my days are filled with doing all the other like production and marketing stuff um, as well for multiple videos. Yeah. But yeah, about, you know, probably, probably take like a handful of, of quarter crew videos every year that I direct, uh, yeah. which is really fun. And then also some corridor videos as well. So I, I still love like coming up with corridor video concepts and pitching those and shooting them when I can. So yeah Yeah, there's another one coming out very excited about in january we're gonna be we're gonna be putting it out i just wrapped it last week
0: oh awesome awesome very exciting um yeah I, i love that um the the crew channel kind of has evolved into multiple things so you're getting that react show and then you're also just getting those like corridor crew episodes of you know jake doing something goofy or you guys you know messing around and um it's nice to to have that variety too um you guys you guys have really really curated like a great team you know
1: um totally yeah we've been we've been very fortunate to be able to to do that It's like uh a a lot of work has actually gone into that on on jake's part especially hmm. you know because the way we've hired for the last like well the last five years probably has been through a submission process that's pretty rigorous yeah, um, and not only you know, not only for the skill involved, but you have to also be able to be on camera, you know. Uh, so that is something we we take into account as as YouTubers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of- weird hiring process right someone uh, someone made a freaking a video that was really like triggered by it actually it was interesting to see that perspective Hmm. um because we we just see it as is the best way to vet people right it's like Hmm. let's see what you do what we do is we give we give the editors raw footage we just say here's raw footage download it send us the edit and you know and we'll go through it and jake goes through everyone um at least watches the first couple minutes of everyone because if you don't hook us in the first couple minutes i'm sorry like that's it's YouTube. You got to do that. So yeah. that's the first.
0: Test. Absolutely. You
1: know, focus yeah. on your first minute. It's yeah. Important. Right. Um, but still, it's so many. Like we got thousands and thousands last round. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's so talented. But I mean, you got to choose the best. So yeah. we're very fortunate to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I remember I actually uh, did an edit for you guys one time. Um, yeah. I went through the process and like I downloaded okay. all the footage and wait, stuff. Wait, which
1: which footage was it?
0: Um it was it was when you guys visited the plant store and you all bought plants. Nice. Yeah. And then also had the the bit about the desks um and everything and I was like wow there there's a ton of footage like of course mm-hmm. you know you see the final product and you're like oh that was like a great video that was really fun um but it wasn't until I like you know, sat down in front of all of it. And I was like, wow, that is a ton of work. Like, there's a lot to... which story do
1: I choose? Yeah. Yeah, there's (laughs) a lot to sift through. There's a lot of different stuff.
0: Yeah. So,
1: I was really surprised by the variety of stories we got delivered, Mm. uh, you know, when it related to that footage. Because there was different... It's so cool seeing each editor pull out something different from it, you know, because it's kind of just a blank slate. There's all these different characters... And it's like you can focus in really hard on making jokes about one storyline and Mm -hmm. cut another so it's really interesting uh you know it it was cool watching through the the submissions like the 50 or so that jake sent out to the whole team Mm -hmm. uh and just seeing everyone's crazy different styles uh, it really shows you how important editing is in in content making yeah and that's that is why we put so much effort into finding editors Mm. Uh, it's just it's so important <laughs> to be able to do that and to be able to see a vision through to completion. Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. Um, are you um, are you like giving notes on edits in your current position?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I try to watch all the edits that That's we awesome. that we uh, you know put out, and anything that goes out on the quarter crew channel has has been through a couple of note sessions with me, Chase and the editor slash director who's working on the video. So mm, mm. there's generally, you know, unless it's like a crazy crunchy time of year and no one has time to, to watch anything, then yeah, yeah. the job, man. I mean, we all try to watch each other's stuff and we're always looking over each other's shoulders and joking and giving notes and stuff. So that's, yeah. that's a good part about working in the studio there mm. with everyone uh, when I do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I, a good environment. Man. I, Collaborative.
0: I remember I made, uh, when I was still in college during COVID, I made like a TV show, but it was over Zoom. And it was like five episodes nice. of literally just Zoom calls. It definitely reminded me like, yeah, nothing beats being in the same space as another person and getting to work together uh, on things creatively.
1: Yeah, no, it, it adds a lot. And that's kind of a, I think a secret recipe slash uh, one of the most thing, or one of the things I'm most grateful for about working at Core is that we get to kind of have this hub where it's like a bunch of creative people can can be there and just kind of just ugh, I hate the word incubator I hate it <laughs> so i oh, just blah, blah. but it's kind of one you know? yeah yeah it kind of is like there's you know and again like people are always doing their own stuff too, which is really cool. Like, you know, Wes will pop in, get some props and help, you know, and we'll help him out with some shooting and he'll do the same with us. And, mm. you know, I was able to produce my feature and kind of use the gear and like, they were very supportive of that and, you know, going in and out for years. I mean, so it's, it's a very, it, it is kind of a hub. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just another thing. I'm so grateful for, uh, being able to find that it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I never thought I'd be able to do that with a group of people. You know, that wasn't like working on a film set. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's cool how how it kind of developed. Absolutely. I hope we can. I hope we can keep it that way, and I hope, you know, we can keep changing and be able to stay alive on YouTube and not have to, <laughs> to you know, like scatter to the winds and make TikToks. <laughs> so right. right. Hopefully, hopefully we might have to. Yeah. But.
0: Well, we'll we'll see, but um. You know, speaking of of working on other things, like you had just said, you made a freaking movie, man.
1: I did, man. Yeah, that was a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In my life. Um, no, it was awesome.
0: So, so it's called the Girl in the Backseat. Um, it is out. Oh, game, it's on it's on Amazon yeah. Prime, right?
1: It's on Amazon Prime. You can rent it there, or it's on Tubi for free in the U.S. There you go. It was supposed to be in. In Canada, I believe, on Amazon and maybe in Tubi, but that's been delayed. So mm. soon it'll be in Canada. It is also in England, too, so you can rent it there. there you go. And then it's in some other territories. We're still trying to sell it internationally. Yeah, so. But yeah, if you're in the U.S., check it out for sure. Check
0: it out, folks. Um, okay, yeah, so what was kind of – how did that how did that come to be? I'm sure it was a long-term project for you.
1: Yeah, it was during COVID. Um me and my friend chris and his wife kika Mm -hmm. decided to all go in and co-produce this film that they had written a couple years before it was her story idea he wrote the screenplay Mm -hmm. and they needed someone to kind of take the reins and direct it and get it made so that's where i stepped in Mm -hmm. and it was the perfect story to make during covid which really got me excited because it was you know two characters Mm -hmm. it's a story about human trafficking, a woman gets abducted by this this Tinder date essentially. Mm. And it's a really uh can I swear it's a effed up yeah <laughs> road trip movie. All right. It's like it's a road trip up. movie but but she doesn't want to be there, you know? So um it's dark. It's a dark film. Um and it was really intense. There was a good variety of scenes and locations. Mm. And we thought we could make it during COVID because we were kind of like creatively just I don't know like you know quarter we'd gone remote for a while we were all kind of working from home mm. and a lot of our friends weren't working um you know and we felt like this would be a good time to just do something while stuff was shut down it actually ended up being pretty ideal because mm. we were able to get really uh, cheap locations you know or yeah. free locations we were able to get uh, people to pitch in just because they wanted to and they didn't have anything else going on so they were willing to help you know yeah. and uh, so I have a lot of favors to cash in yeah. but still it, it, we got it done and no one got sick and we yeah. did it right we did it with you know masks and the tests and the officer there the safety officer for COVID and all that all the hoops we jumped through and um, and it was like a miracle that we were able to not have anyone get sick on set yeah. and not have to shut down <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was really cool but that was you know three years ago now um and then the next year after that once we wrapped was doing post-production getting through all the hurdles of that you know not not setting aside enough of our budget for that was a huge thing a huge lesson i've taken from that project um you know i would rather have spent less on production and taken the loss to production hmm. quality then not accounted for the post because there's nothing like getting stalled out in post you don't want it to happen right Right. <laughs> there's nothing to kill the creative process than, than having money problems in post but we got through it it only took us you know a year to have a final product and then the next year was kind of marketing it and selling it and and then distribution was the next phase so i i learned all about the whole process through this is like another film school <laughs> yeah yeah um but it was just it was three years of just pushing a boulder uphill you know when, when you don't have a budget and it's all out of pocket you know it's just us as producers trying to fund this um yeah it's not easy yeah so,
0: um yeah man but uh but you did it you know
1: it, it reminds me yeah, of- it feels great it feels really good to have to like have it done and out and there's still some stuff we're dealing with, obviously, like we still are trying to sell it and get it all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a process, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's a process.
0: So so going into directing this feature, um, did you feel like you were ready? Did you feel like were you were you were you nervous? Like how, where was your head at kind of going into this?
1: I was nervous, but I was also obviously ready. I mean, I'd always wanted to make a movie, like a full feature length movie. I'd been making a couple shorts with, you know, Brett and some friends that were kind of dramatic character pieces, focusing more on the nuances, less about, you know, style and all that stuff. And I was, I really wanted to do a feature where I could, you know, have a couple characters only. And just as an exercise, like, how do you direct something and follow a longer through line? Cause it's like, an hour and a half, it's a long time, a lot of scenes. And it's a really fun challenge to be able to plot that out, like character arcs and growth. And like as you're shooting out of order, you know, being aware of where the characters are at in their journey and time uh, and working that out, it was the biggest challenge for me, but also one that I really wanted to figure out. So now that I've done that. I feel way more confident in the ability to direct, you know, longer pieces. Yeah. And I'm ready. I'm, like, I feel like I'm ready to do my first one. <laughs> my first yeah. movie now is like right. the first one was just figuring it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but now I just, that kind of apprehension is, is gone and it feels good. Uh, but, you know, now there's the, like, there's just the urge to want to make another one. Um, yeah. And not have it be out of my pocket, right?
0: So, right, that's yeah. the
1: hard one. The, the second one's the hardest,
0: that's the big um, hurdle, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it feels good
1: to have it done. And uh, I w- to, to your question about being nervous, I was totally nervous, I think yeah. it's normal too. Like, and if you're not nervous, something's wrong, yeah. Honestly, like, people who aren't nervous, that's like kind of a I feel like that's a sociopathic tendency. <laughs> i mean maybe i'm projecting but (laughs) i don't know man like i was i was so nervous but once i got on set uh and i saw the crew and like how they were working together people i've mostly never met Mm. i felt totally at ease because i'm like whoa i can delegate yeah this is amazing like coming from youtube and like indie stuff it's like you're doing everything Mm. you know you're writing and shooting and editing it yourself. And on set, you know, like, you know, Brett would be recording sound and then he'd shoot and I'd record sound or whatever. Like, it's just janky. And like having someone who has just one job and every job has a person on it and everyone's just that well-oiled machine. All my fear by the end of the day was gone. And I was like, okay, we can just have fun with this now. Like, yeah. let's just, I can just focus only on directing these actors. Mm. And that was so nice, man. Like, even though, I love shooting and I love cinematography. Once I let go of that, it was like it was so freeing as a director. It was like the first time I'd really been able to direct, dude. Like, mm-hmm. because it was the first time I'd only been able to, or that I had the luxury of being able to only focus on directing, if that right, makes sense. Right, so. yeah.
0: Congrats, man. Such, such an achievement. Thanks, you know. Yeah. Did you end up... Uh, Going the the David Fincher route and doing three hundred takes per shot, or uh, you oh
1: know. heck no, dude, we didn't have the luxury <laughs> of that. We had to go so fast; yeah. it was like three takes, maybe. Mm. There's some scenes, like some of the most emotional scenes in the film, were some of our most rushed, just because it always works out like that, right? Yep. So, yeah, there's some scenes that I just oh, I wish I'd had a couple more takes on, because it's like you could feel that we're almost getting there, but it just we didn't have the time and that's that is the biggest hurdle that's the biggest difference between indie filmmaking and big budget filmmaking is they have the time they have the time not only on set but before to plan and to you know have people getting every detail right so that you maximize the efficiency once you're you're there with everyone And we didn't have any of that. It's like the first part of the day is you figure it out. Like, where do the lights go? You know, (laughs) because you've just gotten on set because you have it for one day only. Mm -hmm. And you got to block it out right there, you know, gritty. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but that's also the adrenaline rush, right? Like, yeah, um, you get there and then it's a blur and then you leave. Honestly, and then you do that for like twenty days, yeah. And then you sit down with a hard drive of footage, and you're like, "Right, <laughs> what do we, what do we got here?"
0: Yeah, just um, ho- just hoping that you captured what you wanted to. I've written a few feature films, but I've never, uh, oh, wow, I've never produced anything. Better. So I'm curious, like, do you have any kind of key takeaways now that you've kind of gone through the entire process and, and seen it through?
1: If the script isn't as strong as it possibly can be you don't want to put yourself in the position where you have to go and fix it later, mm-hmm. you know, make sure the script is as solid as you can make it yeah. for what you're shooting. And there were some points in our script, not that it wasn't good. It just wasn't written for the budget we had. So we had to make some changes, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of adapt it. And, you know, we didn't have the luxury. Cause when we started to make this, it was like, we're shooting in like three months. So we had to be like lightning speed and it just started and it just went fast so we didn't have time to really make those adaptations to the the screenplay mm. to get it to the level of the budget we had mm. so there were times on set where I'd be up going to Chris who's acting he was co-starring but he's also the writer mm. and we'd have to talk about like hey how do we change this dialogue or this <laughs> to like either take out this aspect that we cut from this like script here or how do we change it to like maybe set us up for something that's going to be cheaper to pull off yeah um you know like and there were some things I added too, as a director that also put our budget up. So it was like, that was partly my fault for yeah. like, for increasing the budget, like the robbery scene, there's <laughs> a, a robbery scene in a pharmacy that I added in and that was like a pretty expensive day. Yeah. So, you know, you have to make concessions in other, other scenes, mm. but, um, but overall, I mean, the reason we made the film was because I, we, we all thought. The script was like the perfect low budget indie thing that mm-hmm. still had a really like impactful message mm-hmm. um and was and was producible on the budget we had so yeah i'd say man like focusing on writing like you're doing that's probably one of the most uh like i don't know wise things you can do as a filmmaker yeah it's something that i have always struggled with so i, mm-hmm. I respect it immensely yeah i have come to the conclusion that i'm not a writer man like Mm -hmm. i'm i love storytelling i'm a storyteller but i'm I'm not a screenplay writer um if that makes sense like i i really struggle with with the nitty-gritty of the writing yeah um when it gets into more dialoguey stuff i love writing action i love Mm -hmm. writing uh like characters and stories but Mm. it's it's been also very freeing to just be like I would rather just collaborate with someone who's a professional, you know, right, to do right. that part. Yeah. And, and let, let their uh, talent just elevate the whole thing instead of mm-hmm. just being like, oh, I'm an auteur. I can do it all myself. So, <laughs> you know, I only kind of accepted it after doing this movie and working with Chris's script mm-hmm. on The Girl in the Backseat. Where it was like, hey, I can have just as much fun directing something I didn't write. Mm. And that maybe I, I did a pass on, but still I like had a chance to put my my fingers in the mix. But that was it was Chris's script that I was mm. then taking and getting to to elevate, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah.
0: hell yeah, that, that's awesome, man. And you know, it it's cool to have seen kind of the evolution from um you know, freelancing and then and then kind of doing like your your indie thing and then it's you know just you and Carmichael and then suddenly you're working with a bigger team of people and you know there's all these uh tasks delegated and it's kind of like a well-oiled machine now.
1: Um Yeah, very it's, crazy to think about, man. Literally where, yeah. where it all started from.
0: Yeah, dude. It's awesome to see. Yeah, everyone needs to go watch uh the girl in the back seat.
1: If you do watch it and you feel like maybe leaving a little rating or a, a review even short as it may be and you know keep it honest too you don't need to just say hey, it's great like i again like the harshest criticism is the best thing to learn from and i really want real feedback on this because yeah. i only want to make the next one better so absolutely yeah any reviews or thoughts would be much appreciated we will be reading them so yeah.
0: yeah all right yeah check it out and uh yeah thanks again nick this was really fun it was great to chat with you man
1: Dude, Johnny, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, let's do it again sometime.
0: What a great conversation. Thanks again to Nick for coming on the podcast. Um, it was a ton of fun to just chat with him about creativity and all things Corridor. Um, I've been a huge fan of Corridor for a long time, so this was like an extra special episode for me. And thank you for checking out this episode. I've really been enjoying making this and thank you for checking out this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I've had a ton of fun making this podcast so far, and I'm really excited to just keep making it and keep chatting with more awesome, creative people. Uh, so until next time, oh man, now I got so now I'm like doing an outro for the podcast and I got to think of like a cool sign off. So um, uh, keep it, keep it. Keep it alive, everybody. <laughs> uh, keep it alive. I'll, I'll see you next time. <laughs>